kicking things off here. Packers at the Falcons. Falcons, side of the ball. Jake. Yeah, for me, I think the only real kind of takeaway I have from last week's game is uh, I can't start Drake London with any semblance of confidence for probably most of this year, um, which is quite unfortunate. Uh, but for me, it's also that Tyler Algier is basically a must start for me until we see otherwise. He had four red zone touches in week one, uh, and it was basically a pure split with Bijan. He had a 52.9% snap share last week. So even in what's projected to be a pretty low scoring game this week, uh, I think I'm going to start Tyler Algier with confidence because him and Bijan are going to be the offense for most of this year. That's a fact, man. They are playing football like that 1950s. Oh, yeah. Here starting an elite first name. Packers, you know, 40 and a half point total here. Vegas isn't really expecting this game uh, to be much in terms of fantasy goodness. But we got to talk about the Packers offense, you know, while rolling in week one with no Christian Watson, respectfully, Jake. Um, they have a bit more of a challenge in store here with the Falcons defense who performed, uh, I think, pretty well last week. Um, overall, the jury is still out on the Packers, so this is going to be a good test for the legit the legit the legitimacy the legitimacy of the Packers offense, especially as a fantasy offense going forward. Um, my take here is that Musgrave needs to be on your radar um, if you're streaming or in a pinch at tight end. Eighty percent route participation. Dude, I can't talk today. Participation. Eighty percent route participation from a tight end, a rookie tight end at that. In his first game, it's just great to see 80% of the, like, basically what that means, Jordan Love's dropping back 80% of the time, Musgrave is running routes. Like, that's a pretty damn elite number, especially for a rookie. Four targets, three catches, 50 yards, pretty solid game. You're not exactly excited about that, but considering the landscape of what tight ends were last week, that was pretty damn good. He also was getting some looks down the field. So when you kind of, like, it's been one game, so we're not, like, crazy about this high A dot that Musgrave had, but when you do pair one game of high average depth of target with his athletic profile um this is the kind of tight end that we should be targeting you know if we were like counting on like a dulcich if you were counting on like a gerald everett um i would be definitely looking musgrave's way as a possible tight end that could be getting it done for me as we are moving forward he's my tight end 16 on the week borderline streamer but he at least does he deserves a bench spot if you are hurting at tight end yeah, a lot of upside there. The Bears are are horrible, so we have to keep that in mind. We're probably going to suck again, which is really sad to see unless some things turn around. But I really like Musgrave coming out, and I think he's in a really good spot. All right. Welcome in. JWB, crushing the competition. This is your weekly preview show. Jake and I going over the entire slate in under 45 minutes, giving you consumable, actionable advice. Let's roll the intro. Welcome, you're listening to JWB Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. Let's get rolling. Ready Let's to the Bills. It. Bills to you. Yeah, uh, for me, I think it was everybody's opinion that this was going to be the case coming into the uh, the season, but uh, Dalton Kincaid is a pretty strong option this week. Um, in week one, the Raiders gave up the ninth most points to tight ends. Um, while week one doesn't tell us a whole lot, last year they were giving up the 11th most points to tight ends. So this is just continuing a trend that we've seen for them. Um, and then the other really clear takeaway for me is just Gabe Davis cannot be in your lineups. Like I, You're never going to be able to trust him. He's almost unrosterable to me at this point. When you look at how the targets broke down last week for the Bills offense. There was too many people that were out targeting him that should not have been. 
And if that's going to continue to be the case with this offense, then I just see no reason to even have him on my rosters. See if you can flip him for a little bit of something, maybe via trade, you know, just off of pure name upside. But right now, there's just no reason to, to have him in your lineups. And if you have to have him in your lineups, you're in a really bad spot. Raiders took a bit of an L here as I wasn't in on Jacoby Myers last week, but to be fair, I don't think anybody necessarily was excited about Jacoby Myers last week. Uh, Myers is in concussion protocol right now. It seems like he's going to play. Um, it appears to be a very narrow target tree again. It's only been one game. We don't know exactly what it'll look like, but um, you know there is no world where I can like force a take here for for the Raiders. As I think it's a pretty straightforward offense. Um, Jacobs, Devontae Adams. I mean, if you you know if you have Jacoby Myers, he ends up getting cleared. I, I feel like at this point, Tom, you can't bench Jacoby Myers after what we saw last week he's definitely a flex play my take here isn't necessarily like an actionable piece of advice but i think jacobs absolutely smashes in this game um he his bell cow status remains everything we saw yep. last year um he's doing again this year i know there's some question marks around his contract he got the contract he is filling the role that he had last year this year and the raiders you know if they want to stay in this game they're going to have to most likely um you know kind of beat down the bills on the ground and i do think the bills are susceptible to being beaten on the ground so i i do have jacobs uh four spots above um ecr expert consensus rating this week Jacobs is my RB4. We're starting DA, of course. A little bit of a down game last week, but we're going to blame that on Sertain because he is elite. And Myers is a flex play. Ravens at the Bengals. This has the making of being quite a fun game. Bengals, hit me. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really good game. And much like Tyler said with uh, with his Jacobs call right there, I don't really have a take here. You just start the guys. You're starting Higgins. You're starting... Jamar Chase, you're starting Joe Burrow, you're starting Joe Mixon. I'm just fully expecting a bounce back this week for the Bengals. Uh, you know, the rust was clear from Joe Burrow. He didn't get a ton of practices back in, you know, after coming off the calf injury uh, before coming back into the season. And that showed against the Browns. Um, but I'm just I'm starting the guys there with with a ton of confidence. And I, I really like I said, I just really don't have any other take to make there. Ravens, you know, assuming Andrews is back into the fold here, which it seems like he will be. I think Bateman and Odell are just tough to trust at this point in time. Um, with Andrews out, there was a lot of targets open. They all seem to work their way to Zay Flowers, not to say it's going to happen every week, but it's just tough to like look at Bateman and Odell as like real fantasy um, items or people you're going to want to start when you have Zay Flowers, who's I think pretty clearly going to be the lead guy here. And then Andrews, who's also going to be the lead guy. I think it's going to be those two at the top. I think there could be a downfield role. Uh, for Bateman in this offense, just how mm. Zay Flowers was operating and how Andrews usually operates. There could be a down the field role for Bateman here. I'm not cutting bait uh, on Bateman yet, even though he did play behind Odell, but they saw about the same amount of opportunities, but Odell was out there a lot more. Uh, Odell might be cooked, but I think neither you or I are surprised to see yeah. that, to hear that. Um, I generally find myself in on Justice Hill and I totally understand People went a little wild during waivers on Justice Hill. I was not spending that much money to get him. He wasn't that efficient. You take his two touchdowns away. It wasn't that great. But like, there's at least a narrative here where he's a completely different back than Gus Edwards. Yep. Um, and with a no new OC in town, um, I could see Hill as a little bit more dynamic, a, a little quicker, um, being a flex option going forward. Um, I'm a handful of spots ahead of consensus on Justice Hill this week, and I view him as a fringe RB3. Yeah, I think I think Gus and Justice are, are both going to be flexible running backs for pretty much most of the season. It's just going to be, you know, you're always going to struggle to figure out who's the guy week to week. But Hill getting that goal line work and scoring those touchdowns, maybe that leans something into his favor.
got a question here in the chat, Jake. Um, Philly Mike OG, DFS having a hard time on who to start for cash tournaments QB-wise. Any advice this week? I'm paying down at quarterback in cash games this week. I'll be talking DraftKings. Don't want to play much on FanDuel, but for me, it's really going to be around a couple guys. I think Daniel Jones, 6K. Um, like I know it was a horrific first week, but I think that's more indicative of the Cowboys defense being absolutely elite. Um, I think he bounces back against, I mean, I think he's, if you look at the situation for the Giants, you talk about a bounce back week, right? <laughs> you went yeah, against the yeah. toughest defense to probably one of the worst teams in the NFL. I'm also went on Anthony Richardson at 63. I think the rushing is just there. It's like a cash game play. You're looking for a good floor at 63, um, 3Xing that 18 points. Like I really think that Anthony Richardson's a pretty solid play. I'd also look Brock Purdy's way as well, 57. So not really going up to that elite range, not paying down too much, but I would go probably in order. Daniel Jones, Anthony Richardson, Brock Purdy in DFS cash. Any thoughts there? Yeah, I'm following you completely. Like you said, you're looking for that rushing and Richardson's going to have a consistent rushing floor pretty much all season. I think we saw that, you know, in week one, um, the way that they used him and he looked honestly pretty good for for you know, pretty good stretches of the game as a passer there. So I don't know if you're going to find more upside in that range than him right now. I think don't, uh, Jones's upside is always going to be capped just due to the, the functions of that offense. They do move the ball well, but just based off of who's going to score the touchdowns and how they're going to score them, you know, I, I just don't see the consistency there with him as much. So I'm I'm almost leaning Purdy over Jones, just a, just a hair. But I, I would still go Anthony Richardson as my preferred option there. The chat is coming alive. Zay Jones, Dubes, or JSN. This is Zay Jones pretty clearly for me. Yeah. I know we saw the touchdowns out of Romeo Dubes, but I he's a bit lower. This is Zay Jones clearly. He's running as the number two on the Jags offense, which is going to be an absolute shootout. So Zay Jones, uh, there's no question. Don't drop JSN. Don't panic on him. Gets. I, I know maybe you're like I would never do that, but I just always want to preface that, that JSN yep. is an elite bench dash. But Zay Jones over those three, I, mean, I think we're in agreement here, Jake. 100%. And then going to either Cousins or Richardson. Um, this one here is pretty easily going to be Richardson for me. Cousins is playing, uh, not only is he playing on prime primetime Cousins, which I think we don't know the narrative there, but he's playing the Eagles defense. I know they're a bit injured, but still, again, we talked about the rush side with Anthony Richardson. I'm actually eight spots. Anthony Richardson is my QB eight. Kirk Cousins is my QB 16. This is an easy one as well, Gets. I'm actually on the other side of you here. I actually prefer Cousins to Richardson this week. I think this game is going to be an absolute shootout. I think the Kirk Cousins primetime narrative, I would have to look up the splits on this. I think it affects him a lot more on Monday nights than it, it does. does on it Thursday does. nights. It does. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. So I'm I'm leaning it leaning Cousins here just because I think this is going to be a pure shootout between these two offenses tonight, and I really think it's going to be an extremely high-scoring game. Pushing back in. Seahawks. At my Lions, this could be another fun one. Jake, you got my Lions. Your thoughts? I do have your Lions. Uh, for me, it's Josh Reynolds. Is a I think he's a really solid flex option this week. Um, Seattle's defense looked pretty bad, uh, like not good, um, which is a concern for them. And I think Reynolds is in one of the higher value roles uh, as the potential field stretcher in this offense. He also had 30% of his team's air yards in week one, uh, which is pretty darn good for uh, when you consider how many targets in that team are going to go to Amon Ross St. Brown every given week. Um, so for me, I just think Josh Reynolds is a, a potential waiver grab that you can use or, you know, once you have open free agency closer to games, if he's still not on a roster, you know, I think you can get him in there and you can plug him in at your flex option over some guys that you probably drafted a little bit higher. 
Seahawks, uh, horrific opener for the Seahawks offense. They'll try to get back on track against an improved Lions defense. I said it earlier, but folks, if you have JSN, please don't panic. Keep him on your bench. He's like one of the best bench options you can have. I do believe he's an elite talent. Um, what stuck out to me is Ken Walker's easily leading the way as the lead back and more importantly um, for Ken Walker, which I think no one expected, not even someone who's higher on Ken Walker like myself, because he dominated the pass snaps as well. Like yeah. Ken Walker was in the pass game, playing in the pass game. So this is great for Ken Walker. I hope you bought the dip on Ken Walker this offseason with all the brouhaha about Charbonnet. Um, hope you got Ken Walker. He's a low-end RB1 moving forward. Yeah, it's kind of shocking to me that a guy who wasn't good to come out his junior year came out during his senior year after not really looking any better and doesn't have a major role. It's weird how that works. Funny how that works. I'm going to throw this one to you. Gets in the, in the, in the um, chat one more time. You wouldn't trade Gibbs for Aaron Jones, right? I declined it, but want to make sure I'm not missing Gibbs or Aaron Jones rest of season. Your thoughts here? I think rest of season, they're going to be pretty close. I think not making that trade, you're going to lose some production up front. But Aaron Jones is already dealing with a little bit of a hamstring issue. He came up lame. Uh, not lame, but he came up you know, grabbing his hammy after that big play that he had against the Bears. And Gibbs looked insane. Uh, Dan Campbell came out after the game, too, and basically said they just want to work him into the offense a little bit slower. Um, but he was clear in a way the more productive back the more explosive back better in basically every single way and he basically just tripped over himself and missed out on a touchdown in week one i think gibbs is a is he's going to be a smash uh player for the rest of the season here i think they probably end up pretty close in total points finish at the end of the year but i just want the dynamic piece in gibbs that i think aaron jones is just lacking a little bit and probably won't show as frequently as he did against a really bad bears team yeah i'm gibbs rest of season <laughs> over aaron jones for certain Colts at the Texans, 39 and a half point implied total leaves much to be desired here. Under 40 in point implied total, folks, is pretty stagnant grounds for fantasy points. Doesn't mean there's not some to be had, though. Texans, though, your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, Nico Collins pretty much has to be in your lineups this week if he's on your roster. Uh, the Colts allowed the six most points to the wide receiver position last week. Um, they were a little bit better last year, but we know there's been some changes over there. But Nico pulled 25% of his team's targets and 60% of his team's air yards. He was the offense. He was the passing offense in that team. Them letting C.J. Stroud throw the ball as much as he did shows that they either have some confidence in him as a passer or want to get him to have that confidence as a passer. So I think it's only going to be a matter of time before Nico truly smashes. Um, but I think he's got to be in your lineups this week, unless you have, you know, consistently, if you have five top 24 options and you can start them, go for it. But Nico has got to be right. There is a pretty much a smash flex player for me here. Colts with Jonathan Taylor and Evan Hole and IR and Deion Jackson getting the absolute like bell cow, lead back treatment and doing absolutely nothing with it um i this is just i can't like i'm struggling to say this you know what i'm going to say is i expect zach moss to immediately walk in here to some serious volume um what does serious volume mean um probably for him he's a fringe rb3 kind of in that like uh, justice hill gus edwards range i am eight spots ahead of consensus for zach moss because i do think that um, he was probably going to get played before he had that broken wrist injury. Now he's back. I don't think they have, they want to be running Deion Jackson like this. They have, this Colts have shown some propensity to lean on Zach Moss for better or worse, likely worse. Um, but Moss isn't very good and we know it, but the Colts have trusted him. So I think Deion Jackson's kind of already lost his job. You can make the argument that things are going to be a bit of a split, but I, I do I am bullish on Zach Moss. I I can eat those words later, but I think Zach Moss is, is the back to own right now. 
on the Colts. Yeah, that's so gross. I had Dion. I had Dion as a smash last week, like a must play, and the volume indicated that was correct. But when you lose two fumbles and are just entirely inefficient, it really just kind of volume doesn't matter at that point. Question, uh, Jonathan, in the chat: Twelve man PPR, Barkley and Cup. Um, you know, auto drafted second round pick. Uh, there we go. Forgot you could do that. Thank you for that, my man. Dak Walker, uh, Ridley, Pickens. Hawk, bench, J- Javon, bench Sutton, Dubes, Nakua. I'm on one. I was offered Burrow for Cup, Nakua, and Dak. Do I do it? Burrow for Cup, Nakua, and Dak. Do I do it? I don't think I'm moving Cup, Nakua, and Dak for Burrow. I'm not. Yep. I Dak, think Dak and Burrow have the same upside in terms of like pure ceiling, fantasy wise. And then so for me, you're giving up Cup and Nakua for nothing. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would not be making that trade. I, I would sit kind of patient on that. Um, going through the chat right now. Anyways, let's um let's get to the next game here. Chat's blowing up, and I'm trying to like manage this. We've got people in. You love to see it, folks. I'm happy to see the people in the chat interacting with us. But you got to bear with us as the chat is blowing up for one of the first times. You love to see it. You love to see it. Man, we get another good game here. Chiefs at Jags, 51 point implied total here. Pretty sexy. Um, you know, as soon as I said Jags Chiefs, we knew this was going to be a good ground for fantasy points. Lots of offensive goodness here, but you got the Jags, Jake. While I do think there is a chance because it's going to be a shootout that he has a good game, I'm sitting Christian Kirk for now, um, unless I don't have better options. If you have better options, go for it. Or if you don't have better options, go for Kirk, start him. They're going to throw the ball a lot in this game. But like you said earlier, Zay Jones is operating in the two in that offense. Uh, Kirk only ran 23 routes last week, even though he had... 38 snaps from the slot so he was blocking or doing something i'm not sure quite what uh on a on about 15 of those snaps on about 33 percent of them uh he only earned 9.4 percent of the targets calvin ridley is all the way back though he's smashed top 10 wide receiver rest of the season he's going to be in your lineup every single week you're never going to think twice about it uh but i just have to wait on on kirk here until i can really figure something out and if i if you want a sneaky play here I think the Jags defense is scoring a touchdown this week. Ooh, that's a that's pure cool. pure gut call. Don't have any analytics behind this one, but I think it's happening. Chiefs, Kelsey expected to return, but I'm keeping an eye on Rasheed Rice in this one. Uh, while clearly working behind MVS and Sky Moore in the opener, he looked like the best pass catcher, or at least I should say he looked like he was the best pass catcher in that game, but he's probably, I think, has the opportunity to be the best wide receiver um, on the field going forward. Um, but what he did on limited routes really impressed me. Um, and he is a rookie, so I think there's that kind of unknown aspect of the upside. He's a great stash right now. I like having Rasheed Rice. It's kind of like if you miss some of those higher-end guys people are going after, Rasheed Rice is a guy that I definitely like to be holding, um, as it is clearly the wide receiver room is not never been more clear than it is wide open after what we saw on Thursday. Um, I think another piece of this is uh, I'm trusting Pacheco as a fringe RB2. Um, not only is there going to be a lot of points in this one, I know it was a bit of a split, but um, there was a rotation, right? Clearly yep. a rotation between those guys. But Pacheco was running routes um, and getting targets. Um, and he got the one look that was near the the end zone. Um, with his route participa- participation, man, I got it on the second try there, um, going up, like it is – it is happening at the expense of McKinnon. So we always build McKinnon as kind of like this. He is going to be the pass catching back, but it looked like Pacheco was getting some of that run too. Um, also, I think you can drop McKinnon in shallower formats on top of that. Um, 
I feel good about starting Pacheco as like a fringe RB2 moving forward. I like it. Yeah. I I have completely turned course on Pacheco this year. Uh, maybe that's just because I drafted a lot of him in redraft, but who knows? Uh, anytime that a running back that we were concerned was going to get passing work starts getting it, uh, I start to buy in. Question here. Starting Dak, Russ, or Mac Jones to you first. I'm still starting Dak here. I know the Jets defense is really, really good, um, but I think I, I just imagine that game going better for Dallas's offense. My second option there would be if you really can't trust Dak this week, it is going to be Mac Jones. Um, that uh, game against the Dolphins, one of the higher implied totals on the week. Um, he looked pretty good. You know, I, I can't tell you which wide receivers to target in that offense, but I think Mac is going to be pretty consistent this year. And it's so clear how much that offense was being held back last year just based off of week one. Um, I'm also worried that Dak could screw you against the Jets, but Dak is also my highest ranked quarterback between Russ, Mac, Carr, and Tannehill. So that is kind of what we're looking at here. Um, maybe per I've Purdy ranked above Dak Prescott this week, so he might be available. I would go Purdy over all of these options, but Dak's probably going to be your best bet from my perspective. And then uh, another question before we go to the next game. Thoughts on starting Swift, 12-man PPR, Herbert, Bijan, Rashad, Tyreek, Alave, Hawkinson, Need One Flex, Zay Flowers, Swift, Rashawn, Kelly, Dubes. I mean, I like Swift, but I'm not benching him for Zay Flowers. Agreed. Uh, Zay Flowers is going in there over Swift, no questions asked. And uh, it, on top of that, I'm waiting. Uh, I'm at least waiting till the Sunday games so we have some more clarity on Eckler because if Eckler can't play, Josh Kelly was having a standalone role as it is. I would start him over Swift um, just based off of that. Uh, and then, you know, if, if it becomes uh clear that Eckler's not playing I'm probably starting Kelly over Zay Bears at Bucks get right game for the Bears but you got the Bucks uh yeah the the Bears defense is probably still going to be bad so I'm still I'm, I'm again just kind of starting the guys there uh I think Rashad is a really solid running back too this week um the volume was there he had nearly a 90 percent snap share if not a 90 percent snap share in week one even though he was one of the most efficient running backs uh in football last year and this week, uh, this last week. Um, but the targets are there. Uh, so we're going to continue to ride Rashad white there. Um, and then Evans and Goblin pretty much a must start for me, especially if Kyler Gordon isn't playing, you know, the bears secondary is already taking a hit in what was already a really weak secondary, uh, with limited pass rush outside of basically Yannick and Gakwe. Um, so for me, you know, I, I think the bucks are going to just show out this week. I think Baker uh, becomes kind of a sneaky quarterback streaming option rest of season. Not necessarily as much this week. I still want to see what he does just because he looked questionable at times still. Um, but I think that's just the Baker Mayfield experience. Um, but, you know, for me, you know, pretty just staying pretty solid with the guys there. Kate Otten is not a guy that I think is going to have a big role uh, for this season. So if he's on your team, uh, drop him and pick up a guy I'm going to mention a little bit later. Lots of routes for Otten, but not earning the target. So. I'm with you. Bears. You're Bears. Mm. Um, not, God, I feel like I'm rubbing it in, but pretty disappointing performance last week. Yeah, it um, sucked. Obviously by the Bears defense, but honestly, the Bears offense, especially its passing offense, was a bit of a letdown, especially for somebody who's kind of high on fields and with the addition of DJ Moore. Um, don't need to talk about DJ Moore. Um, you know, I'm feeling pretty out on DJ Moore right now. I mean, you probably got to start him considering where you drafted him. It's only week two. But like I'm trusting guys like Pittman, Zay Flowers, even Puka Nakua over DJ Moore this next week. Um, like DJ Moore is in the Kendrick Bourne range. Um, wild thing to say in week two, but here I am yeah. 
saying that DJ Moore is in the Kendrick Bourne range in week two of the NFL shows you how unpredictable things could be. But I mean it. Um, uh, also, Roshan Johnson looked good. He, the run he got was late. Um, they weren't winning the game, but he's another guy that shouldn't be on waivers. Um, a lot of high-value touches on Roshan's part, and um, it's kind of unknown right now. Not starting Roshan, but I, he did look really good. Yeah, he did, and I think... I think it's going to be very clear if the if the offensive line can't figure it out, he's going to be up there on just pass blocking alone. He was a top five graded pass blocker in week one uh, from PFF. So I, I think Roshan's going to maintain a, a very solid role rest of the season. Okay. Um, question here in the chat. Um, hey, would you start the Eagles defense uh, with the same team as Jefferson? I would. I usually don't let one player dictate that. Uh, the Eagles are a top 10 play this week. I think if like the Broncos or the Browns or the Giants are available, I would be happy to go those guy, those teams over the Eagles defense. I know you mentioned be a shootout, but um, generally I don't let like one player dictate a defense special team um, kind of matchup for me. Yep. Same here. I'm still still riding the Eagles defense, especially if you don't have a, a better option to drop. The Eagles defense is going to be really strong for most of the season. I'm not going to let a week two matchup let me off that team. Um, we're going into the Chargers and Titans, which I think is pretty good here to talk about. Cali, I'm assuming he means Joshua Kelly over Mixon, Javante Montgomery. I, I don't is Eckler Eckler didn't practice Wednesday, but it was an ankle and a personal thing. Like, I, th I mean, if if Eckler is out, I would probably would still not start Joshua Kelly over Mixon, but like if if Eckler is out, which you know, let me know in the chat if I miss something. I've not heard one way or another if Eckler is out or not. Um, you know, Kelly is a stronger player over Javante and Montgomery. Um, if Eckler's out, I think we're pretty clearly looking at Joshua Kelly top eighteen, top fifteen week. But I I believe I would still have Mixon over him in that instance. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I'm a little bit closer between Javante and Kelly. I think it could really be a coin flip. Um, I think Javante is going to you know, continue to build his role throughout um, this week and the rest of the season, especially just because the pass catching room is so questionable there right now with the injuries to Dulcich and, you know, little Jordan Humphrey being, you know, one of the preferred targets that was on the field for a minute there. Um, so I think Javante, it's a little bit closer for me. But yeah, if I I'm still probably starting mixing over Kelly regardless. Yeah, even if Eckler's out, but I think it, it gets interesting. I would, I would want to try to find a way to get Joshua Kelly in my lineup um, without question. Um, Chargers at Titans, Titans to you, Jake. Yep. So for the Titans here, um, I'm expecting a, a bounce back. I don't think they're going to look as bad as they did. I'm really not firing up Chig this week. I don't think it's a good matchup, um, but I am comfortable firing up kind of Henry Burks and D hop. But my main takeaway here is if Ty J Spears is on waivers in your league, get him on your bench. He had a 58.7% snap share in week one, four targets. I think he's going to have an expanded role and continue to maintain his current role, which as pseudo functioning as the pass catching back in that offense at least target volume wise um and he has elite upside they're already showing they're willing to have him on the field at a pretty good amount if henry goes out for any reason you grabbed yourself one of the preferred handcuff options in football and he's probably available on your waiver wires chargers uh joshua palmer played ahead of quentin johnson in this one but failed to earn more than one target qj might overtake this role sooner than we thought do not drop qj stay patient on qj I mentioned this, but Eckler is banged up. Some of the chat said he's not supposed to play. I think, you know, it's still early. we got to monitor that. But again, Joshua Kelly, uh, the take here is Joshua Kelly has no business on a single waiver wire um, outside of maybe like eight team leagues, like 10 team league, five team bench. I'm getting Josh Kelly on my my bench because I think there's a pretty high ceiling there. If Eckler does not play, he showed some pretty serious juice in the preseason. He continued juicing here in week one. Um, it's going 16, 91 and one. 
where the Chargers' feet were like on the gas, like the the feet were on the gas. They were rolling. They had to stay in the game, and they still gave Josh Kelly sixteen totes. Like he's a part of this offense. This wasn't just like they you know need. I think there's a level to this of spelling Eckler, but Joshua Kelly's a part of this offense. Um, you know, I think he's probably one of the best handcuffs in all of football right now, and arguably he could be working his way towards an actual flex role going forward. And also, you can cut Gerald Everett. Um, Donald Parham's splitting work with him. It's just not worth it. Yeah, and I prefer the six eight guy in the red zone anyway personally but yeah uh kelly just on a quick check here is only rostered in four basically 41 percent of espn leagues so he is out there and he shouldn't be question here in the chat pretty straightforward odell gabe davis or kirk i i mean i said you know all of them are gross options i personally lean gabe davis i guess uh, but I think Kirk, like I said, could have a really good week. So I think if you're going pure upside this week, it's Kirk. Um, but realistically, him or Gabe Davis, both of them are just hoping to get a couple big plays and fall into the end zone. I got Gabe Davis three spots ahead of Kirk. So I technically Gabe Davis, but things could change. So check back. Giants at the Cardinals. Again, like I said, the Giants uh, got absolutely embarrassed on national television last week, but get a very, very good chance uh, to really right the ship here against one of the NFL's worst teams. Speaking of the NFL's worst team, you got them, dude. Yeah, they. Uh, this team sucks. Just flat out. Uh, I'm still starting James Conner. The pass work was still there. The volume's still there. So James Conner's still, you know, pretty consistent. Going to be my running back too, wherever I have him uh, for most weeks, unless I have better options there. But I think the takeaway from that game is, as, as gross as it is to say, just because this team isn't going to score a lot, I think Zach Ertz is probably a top 12 tight end option most weeks rest of the season, just off of pure volume alone. He had a 33% target share, uh, leading all tight ends and his team uh, in targets uh, or in, uh, in target share in week one. Um, so, you know, he probably, if you're looking at a, a, you know, a floor play at tight end, you know, kind of what pseudo Dalton Schultz was, um, just off of pure volume alone, hope he falls into the end zone. If they manage to find their way to the red zone for once, uh, I think it's going to be Zach Ertz. So I, I, I definitely want to pick him up where I have space for him. Um, and if, especially if you were, you know, relying on a Dulcich, relying on, you know, a different tight end option, who's still questionable, you know, just snag him off of your waivers, keep him on the bench and see what's going on there. Giants, um, it's really tough to come up with much here considering what we saw. I'm not bailing on Daniel Jones yet. I think I talked about it earlier where I, I like him. I think he's a good play. It's a get-right game for him. Um, it's just, you know, the defense last week, the Cowboys defense was firing on all cylinders. I don't expect that to be. That's could very likely be the worst game the Giants offense has all season. I'm not excited or, or starting any Giants wide receiver. If I had to pick one, though, it would be Darius Slayton. Um, he seems to be the clear starter, and he tied Waller for the most targets on the team. Um, he, he's probably not even like a bench stash in your shorter bench or 10-team leagues, but in your deeper one, I think Slayton is at least worth monitoring as there are, I think, guaranteed better days ahead for this Giants offense. Yeah, it can't get worse. It just cannot. 49ers at Rams. Man, the Rams might not be that bad, but they got a serious test this week against the 49ers elite defense. Do the Rams continue their success or does Puka and Kyron come back down to earth? Your thoughts, my man? 
I still like both Puka and Kyron this week as, as contrary to general Twitter consensus as that seems to be, um, you know, Puka was dominating the target volume for that offense. That's not going to change anytime soon. In my opinion, even though it's a tougher matchup this week, I still think, you know, once or once Stafford finds his guy, he, he finds his guy and he throws to him. Um, I I'm not starting to, two this week. I have no confidence there whatsoever. Um, but really the kind of main takeaway here is, you know, Tyler Higby pretty much has to be in my lineups. Um, they if if Pat Fryermuth and Kenny Pickett can fall into the end zone uh, or find a way to get or if Kenny Pickett can get Pat Fryermuth to fall into the end zone at least once I'm pretty confident that Matt Stafford can do it yet again and just generally speaking that's going to be the option for me uh, just to get some touchdown upside for for your tight end position here. Sorry man, can you still hear me? My camera is wigging out. Absolutely hate to see it. Um, I'm going to keep cruising here though. My apologies. 49ers, I'm very close to eating crow on my Ayuk fade this offseason, uh, but I'm not ready to admit defeat quite yet. Um, calling a Debo game here, doubling down. Uh, while Ayuk crushed in week one, the underlying stats of their um, of the, like, the big three in week one, that's Ayuk, that's Debo, that's Kittle, tells a story that I've been preaching this offseason, is that one of these three dudes will blow up every single week. You'll want them on your team at cost, all three of them. Um, but good luck guessing which one does it. Debo, seven targets in two rushes uh, last week uh, with a very solid 10-plus yards. Um, the average depth of target was over 10 yards. Um, so things are coming. Big things are coming for Debo, and I'm not necessarily concerned about it. I expect the Rams to play a little bit more um, of the zone defense, and Debo usually eats up zone defenses. Debo's turn to eat in week two. Kittle also saw six targets, and he also, I think most importantly about Kittle, is he ran routes north of 75% of dropbacks, which is usually pretty high for Kittle. Um, so I, I hope you essentially um, you know, are on board with these three guys. I know it might be a little frustrating week to week, but these three dudes, I think, are in a position to absolutely eat with Purdy just slinging out the ball. 100%. Yeah, it's going to be, you, you know, you're never going to figure out who it's going to be, but we're just going to keep starting them because they're pretty darn good. Jets at the Cowboys. Cowboys now get to feast on Zach Wilson. Life is not fair. Woo! But you get the offensive side of the ball, Dallas. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give you the defensive side too. Dallas is my defense one on the week, so just get him in your lineup. Uh, but for me, Jake Ferguson, kind of my preferred streaming tight end if you're hoping for a touchdown this week. Uh, he led all tight ends and red zone targets in week one in a game where they absolutely did not need to pass. He's in line for high value targets as a result of that. Had 28% of his team's targets in week one. The matchup isn't perfect. The Jets, you know, pretty good defense. Um, but, you know, this defense is going to have to heavy heavily or uh, the this Jets team is going to have to heavily rely on their defense. And as a result, I am leaning into the tight end matchup here. It looks like Tyler has is having some technical issues and disconnecting here. So I'll get to some of these questions that are here in the chat. Um, so what's up, y'all? Two questions. T Higgins or Ayuk and Najee or Miles Sanders, both in full PPR. I'm personally going T Higgins and Miles Sanders here. Um, I think like we kind of alluded to with the 49ers offense, it's going to be pretty inconsistent week to week as to who is going to continue to to get those targets and score those touchdowns. Um, and I fully expect T Higgins to bounce back this week, um, as I mentioned earlier in the show. And then Najee versus Miles Sanders to me. Sanders, I think, is just going to have a more consistent role than Najee. He's more efficient than Najee is. He, uh, Sanders was getting the targets back, which we love to see. Even though Chuba had a pretty decent role in week one, I think that was just, you know, 
it's how it's going to be. Both of these, these running backs are going to be splitting some touches here. So just something we have to keep in mind there. Um, and then next up in the flex spot, returners do get one point per 10 yards for return yards, which is Gibson and Mims. We're looking at Judy, Gibson, Penny, Hollywood, or Marvin Mims. Uh, I think for me, you know, I can't trust Rashad Penny. Being a healthy scratch, even with Gainwell out, is a big concern for me. Um, you know, he looked like he didn't have the same juice in the uh, in the preseason, so just something we have to consider there. Um, and then personally, if Judy's healthy, I'm playing him. If he's active, I'm playing him. If not, I'm probably going Gibson there just off of uh kind of like you mentioned you get the return upside with that um and just potential overall volume can be there if something happens to brian robinson jake am I, can you hear me my man i can hear you we're going audio only dude the, the 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 video my camera needs to be reset the computer needs to be reset apologies to the folks but i'm here to still talk it through commanders at the broncos another sub 40 implied total um at 39 yuck you got the broncos though jake yeah, um, I'm starting the Broncos defense with confidence this week. Um, Arizona has a really bad defense, and the Commanders team struggled to move the ball against them consistently. Um, but then I think pass catcher-wise, you know, if Judy is healthy, obviously you're playing him, but I think Cortland Sutton uh, is pretty much a smash start if Judy's out. He's the only wide receiver I can start with any semblance of confidence in that offense. And then as I previously mentioned, I think Javante bounces back this week. So, uh, or not really bounces back, but continues to progress, I should say. So those are really the only guys I'm looking at here, but I think the defense is, is probably your best option from this matchup. It wouldn't shock me if they were the high scorer from the team. You talked about, you know, Gabe Davis kind of being a drop, but he's like still a solid player. You know, frankly, I'm in the same spot with Antonio Gibson. Um, I don't feel bad about dropping him. I just don't think the upside is there. I just don't see any real path to upside. And it seems like he's more of a roster clogger at this point in time. Brian Robinson looked good and clearly was working ahead of him. Regardless, Broncos defense uh, looked great this past week. Um, and it's just not one of those situations where I like feel good about rostering Antonio Gibson as the upside doesn't seem to be there. Even the third back, uh, Rodriguez, it was even getting some look. Um, much like Devonta Adams last week, I expect um, the formidable corner certain to be on Terry McLaren, McLaurin most of this game. Um, I'm ranking Dotson ahead of Terry this game is kind of a bolder call. I like it. I like it. Dolphins at the Pats. Pats look good, man. Um, and when, when Matt Patricia leaves the building, it's amazing how things can seem to improve. No bias, nothing personal there, folks. I swear. Pats, what you got for me? Yeah, so for me, um, I much like the 49ers offense. I think we're never really going to be able to predict which pass catcher is going to consistently be the the top scorer in that offense. Uh, I think the only one I'm going to consistently start with any sort of confidence is Hunter Henry. Um, but I think after the Patriots watched the success that the Chargers had last week using uh, their running back room against Miami, I think we're going to see the same thing here. So I actually have Zeke in flex territory this week. Um, I think you know they're going to move the ball better than they have in recent years, and I think Zeke is eventually going to take away some of this goal line work once they get there uh, and aren't scoring some bigger touchdowns. And then I expect Ramondre to be a top eight running back this week. Um, and then, you know, I uh, am not starting the Patriots defense. I'm looking anywhere else uh, that I can just because this Miami offense is capable of dropping insane numbers every single week. Uh, so I'm really just shying away from the Pats defense this week. Tony, JWB, Tony wants us to let everyone know that Tua undefeated against the Patriots. Dolphins. I got the Dolphins. 
Darby room is one to watch here. Um, Jeff Wilson's NIR and Mostert had a knee injury, but it seems like it was just a day of rest. So Mostert is continuing to be a great play. I know a chain is a, a, a very uh, exciting rookie. I'm not there yet. Salvin Ahmed, I don't think he's that good. Corey Brooks, I mean, it's it's Mostert. We're playing Mostert again. Trust to like tough, like tough to trust anyone outside of Mostert as Mostert played pretty well. Like, you know, he did what you'd expect him to do. Um, Another piece here is it's great to see Durham Smythe be so involved here after being in the league for so long and like not even being like a good dynasty stash all of a sudden. Yeah. He's running routes at an absurd 91%, um, seeing seven targets. It's really something to monitor here because this offense is elite um, and they prefer to pass the ball and it is arguably pretty wide open after Tyreek and waddle so i think there's a world when durham smythe you know can sneak his way into some streaming territory this week not something i expected to say before week one yeah i'm right there with you i was like who is the starting tight end even going to be i thought maybe elijah higgins was going to make the team and it was going to be him but if durham smythe is running routes that's what we want out of our potential tight end streamer so i, I like the call there and then just wanted to be clear here is that um there, there was a report that the knee injury on wednesday that took Mostert out of practice was a vet rest and maintenance, which frankly is probably a good idea with Mostert going yeah. forward. So I think he's okay. I think he's okay to play. I mean, obviously monitor, but he's an RB2 once again, as I don't think there's anyone else in this room with Jeff Wilson on IR to really challenge Mostert for uh, enough carries to take away to where I'm like, ah, not Mostert. Anyways. Exa yep. Fully there with you. Monday night football, doubleheader, man. Yeah, you, you absolutely love to. I forget this stuff happens until I look at the schedule that we're doing this type of thing. Um, first one off the bat, Saints at the Panthers. Panthers to you. Yeah, I'm basically just not starting anybody that isn't named Miles Sanders from this offense this week. Um, Hayden Hurst is my guy. I can't tell you to start him against this Saints defense, which has been pretty good uh, against the uh, against tight ends over the past couple of years. You could do worse. Um, but realistically, this pass catching room is exactly how we predicted it to be, which is just kind of a disaster. Um, so really, Sanders is the only guy I, I'm starting with any confidence here. And then Chuba should be on your benches, too, if he's still available in your waivers for any reason. Uh, if he if anybody's going to take work away from Miles Sanders in this offense, it's going to be him. Sanders was still pulling targets, which is great to see. Um, you know, hopefully he can continue to do that. But really, if they're not named Miles Sanders, I'm, I'm not starting him in this matchup. Saints, Jamal Williams just doesn't look like you have as much left in the tank here. Um, Kendry Miller is a little interesting to me. Um, if he can get on the field before week four when Kamara returns, even when Kamara returns, there were signs of Kamara's decline. Kendry is another name that I think should be a good bench dash if you're just looking to add some running backs that have some upside with the performance of Jamal Williams and the fact that we're not going to see Kamara for another two weeks. If, if Kendry Miller can even get one game out there and, and show what he's got, because I think you and I both know that Kendry Miller is a talented back. That yep. there's a world when um you know he could he could be a fantasy contributor here sooner than later. Also great to see Olave and MT coexist. Um, they're both productive. Fire them both up. Um, not trusting Rashid Shahid quite yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. We were talking about it on our Dynasty show we did earlier this week. Uh, it's encouraging that they're using him kind of in a pseudo Kamara role, giving him some play out of the backfield. Um, but I think that was more so just the fact that Jamal Williams out of the backfield looks like you're just rolling a can of Pepsi down the field. Oh, I guess that's I love that. Absolutely love that. Uh, question here in the chat. Captain Joe King, huge fan of the stream. Already sub. We are a huge fan of you, Captain Joe King. Should I flex Madison, Sanders, or Garrett Wilson? Another question we probably didn't think that we were going to be talking about, um, but 
I think it's a fair question considering the injury. Where are you at with this one, Jake? Yeah, I I really want to say Garrett Wilson with every semblance of my being here, but I think I slightly lean Madison, um, and that's just so gross to say. Yeah, this is a tough one. It's a really good question. Um, I you know my my rankings right now the way I have them has Miles Sanders, but like Miles Sanders is overall in the rankings, Superflex rankings, is uh, 70 for Sanders, 72 for Madison, and 76 for Garrett Wilson. So, like, I'm clearly, like, this is, this is a great question because I have them all within six spots of each other. Um, I, I, I'm tending to lead Miles Sanders, but, like, I would definitely encourage you to check out the ranks, um, you know, especially, like, on, a, on the Sunday morning. I, I'm okay if you want to bench Madison and, and make that decision for Garrett Wilson and Sanders later just to kind of, like, you know, kind of punt the question. Let's get Madison on the bench. Um, and then decide between Sanders or Garrett Wilson later. It's kind of my, my take on this one. Yeah, I, I don't hate that call either. It's like you said, they're all within the same range. You're, you're really hoping for like 15 points max out of any of them. And you're going to be happy, I think, with whoever you start there. And they're all capable of that. But they're all they all have cap ceilings, too. Closing things out. Final game of the day. Browns at Steelers. Another tough defensive pull for the Steelers, man. You got them. Yeah, man. Um you got to keep an eye on Allen Robinson, which isn't something that I really thought I was going to say uh, at all in 2023. But here we are. He led the team in targets after Deontay got hurt. Uh, sorry, George Pickens fans. It's just an objective fact that he led the team in targets. Um, it's gross. He's a fine flex option. But again, really, you know, it, it's Najee here. He's really going to be the only consistent starter, the only smash starter. Um and after that, it's just a whole lot of like you're praying for a touchdown for Pickens. If you if you do start Allen Robinson, you're praying that he continues to maintain some vo some volume here, playing Deontay's role. If you start Pat, uh, you know, pr again praying he falls into the end zone. The Steelers team looked really bad. I know it was the 49ers, but when even my Steelers fans, uh, Steeler fan friends that I was watching the game with, are getting discouraged about everything going on, um, I have to just start getting discouraged about the entire offense as a whole here. So really hoping you have better options there. But if you're in a super deep league, Allen Robinson, you could do worse as a flex option than him. Brown side of the ball. Elijah Moore saw some um, very promising usage while I'm not starting him. The upside that he showed early in his career is back. We like to see it. Uh, the take, it. yeah, it's great. The, the take here is that Jerome Ford ran solely behind Nick Chubb here and looks to be the clear handcuff right now and thus having pretty good bench value. I know I've kind of talked about bench stashes here, but a lot of times those bench stashes are what help you win the leagues. Jerome Ford is a pretty solid handcuff to have going forward as it seems like he's the only guy running behind Chubb and God forbid something happens to Chubb. It looks like Jerome Ford is in line to grab a lot of touches. That is going to do it, folks. Week two. Crush in the competition, JWB. Again, folks, sorry for being off camera here. It wigged out on me, but I'm here still. The voice is rolling. Jake, where do they find you on Twitter? Where do they find your work? They can find me at Perry underscore FF on Twitter. Uh, X, I guess we should probably technically start saying because that's what the platform's called now, but it's still Twitter in my heart, much like the Sears, the Willis Tower will always be the Sears Tower. You can find my personal podcast, it's Two Average Husbands, available on all streaming platforms, and then you can find all of my fantasy content through JWB at JWB underscore FF. And you can find me on Twitter at FF Tyler o. That's all we have today, folks. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later.